to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive Redefined will reopen for enrollment on January 3rd. We have helped over 100 reactive dog teams make huge progress inside of Reactive Redefined, and we want to help you next. So if you're struggling with your reactive dog, please consider joining Reactive Redefined when it reopens for enrollment in January. We'll give you the practical skills and emotional support just to make huge strides in your dog's training. If you are interested in learning more about joining Reactive Redefined, be sure to join the waitlist so that you are the first to know when enrollment is open. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have one of my amazing Reactive Redefined students with me tonight. We're going to talk all about her experience inside of Reactive Redefined and her adorable dog. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Sure thing. My name is Carolyn. Um, I'm from New Jersey. I am the dog guardian of my wonderful boy, Toby. He is three years old. He is a maniac, super high energy, um, and super high anxiety. (laughs) Oh my God, bless him. He's a lot of things, isn't he? He's a lot of things packed into one. Okay. And then do we know his DNA? Do we have a best guess? Uh, we actually got his DNA tested because one of the um, trainers that we had prior actually recommended it to us, which was such a game changer in terms of his training. Um, I was training him for a lab and he is not a lab. Um, I was that mean. I, I, <laughs> I was that mean, like, look at my beautiful lab. No, he is a American Staffordshire Terrier, which is basically a pit bull. <laughs> yep. um, pit bull, bulldog, German Shepherd. Uh, just a dash of German Shepherd in there. Okay. A dash of German Shepherd. And then his other breed group, which is his other 50%. I'm just calling Super Mutt, but it tells that he's herding, hound, mountain dog, Asian, and guard dog. So he's just a delightful mutt is what he is. Yeah. And I wasn't training for any of those groups. <laughs> oh <my laughs> well, and I think that that's such a good point, right? Because mm-hmm. the more we can understand like the genetic influence, we can only leverage that to our advantage and the dog's advantage, right? And like understand them just a little bit more. Definitely. I mean, like we started training for his behavior is very, very German Shepherd. Um, like that's Ali, it's like from what I've gathered and like what other trainers have told me, she was like, the shepherd just makes sense. He's always on. I was like, yes, he is always on. He never turns off. (laughs) Well, and did it make you just feel a little bit better? Like it wasn't anything you were doing. It just is his genetics. Yeah. I mean, like we were, when we were in his like group training class, he, if I like was trying to pay attention to what the trainer was saying for like, God forbid, two full minutes. No, he's like, like, what's over here? What's over there? What are we doing? I'm like, sit down. (laughs) Stop. Oh my God. Ooh, butterfly. (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Oh my God. Okay. So I want to back up to the beginning a little bit. So tell everybody how Toby came into your life. So we got Toby through a foster program. Um, and it, it's kind of like a funny story. We almost kind of kidnapped him on accident. <laughs> we, we were looking at a couple of dogs. We met other dogs. We did like our meet and greets and none of them were like, they really clicked. Um, I'm sure it helps that he looks exactly like my old dog. Um, 
but face that did it for you huh (laughs) but mostly so we met him outside this dog park that was our meet point and he was sitting there like so quiet serene just soaking everything in and I was like what the this is the dog we're meeting the dog that nobody wants to adopt he's in a foster program like okay um, so we took him a walk for around, like for a walk around the park and his leash manners needed work, but I don't care. He paid attention to me. And did you see him outside that dog park? Like, what's the catch here? So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take him. What do I got to do? She was like, oh, well, she was like, I drove out two hours. She's like, if you want it right now, just take them. And we're like, oh, what? so we tried to call the shelter or the foster program and they were like, <laughs> they didn't pick up the phone. So we're like, all right, we'll just, we'll take them. She's like, you just Venmo them and uh, it's done. (laughs) So we got home and the, they finally called us back and they're like, yeah, no, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. I was like, oh my God, we kidnapped him. Um, But we just, we got the, the paperwork done and, uh, and that was that, but. um, Okay. So how old was he when you adopted him? Question mark. One years old. Okay. So he's been with you for like two-ish years. Yeah, two-ish years, but he, uh, he was super well-behaved for the first two weeks, which was, like, the trial period of it's not a good fit. You can, like, change him out for another dog, do, like, a dog exchange. <laughs> so well-behaved. We sat down for our first meal. He left the room. Angel. Angel. And then two weeks passed, and he was like, surprise, I'm comfortable now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's such a rude awakening because you feel like you won the lottery, and you're like, oh, you were just, like, acclimating, and now you're acclimated. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So how did, how did some of his reactive behaviors start to pop up when you first adopted him? Um, barking at everything that passed the front window. Um, I'll have to send you a picture of my front window. So it is wood. <laughs> it's not white anymore. He chewed our front window. So a lot of chewing. Um, he came crate trained, thank God. But when we left the house, we had to crate train him because he was chewing everything he one day chewed like one of my exercise bands and I was like that's dangerous crate train while I'm at work now (laughs) (laughs) right not safe for you just to be chewing on random items in the house dude right so um it was mostly like chewing and barking but barking at everything and um he was okay on walks when we first got him but like over time um, he just was getting like, as I guess he bonded with, he was like, must protect more love, more protection, more love, more protection. And then um, COVID hit and we weren't taking him out as much. We got our yard fenced in. And like, so, you know, he was still getting his exercise, but he wasn't getting the socialization. And one day when everybody and their mother was out walking, I decided to take him for a walk and he just was pissed at everybody and somebody yelled at me he was like your dog's aggressive and you but you and you got to take him for a walk at the park and I'm like where there's people I'm like this is none of this makes sense but I cried <laughs> and I thought my dog was a demon and it I was like we got to get a trainer this is we can't live like this right like <laughs> so, okay note to self this needs to be troubleshooted right now <laughs> yeah so I was like ooh. I haven't been walking my dog as much as I should. This is not good. So I would have had to escalate it to that point. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I knew there was was the perfect storm and it happened, right? Right. So we got him to training and the training class was like such a nightmare. A plus for for like for all the all the obedience trainings. He could say he could lay down. I taught him how to army crawl. Like I could teach him how to do any trick 
but to focus on me in that class and not look at all the other dogs and bark at everything that's happening and announce himself every time he's in the room. Like the waiting room was a nightmare because there was no structure. We just all thrown in a room with all these other dogs, like a 20 by 20 room. And I was like, this, I, I would just wait outside. I just, I couldn't. Right. Like so, you started to realize like how you could adapt a little bit to prevent some of the reactive, like you figured that out quickly, right? Like, okay. Yeah. So sitting in this room with all these dogs is a recipe for terrible. So horrible. Oh my God. He just, he couldn't cope and we weren't getting the guidance that we needed. The only guidance I really, that I got some guidance, but like specifically to his reactivity, like that was not the school for him. Right. And nobody ever told me he was reactive. These are professionals. Like, so was no, it positive reinforcement based training? It was obedience training. That okay. was it. Right. It wasn't problem solving training and he needed problem solving training. He can sit, I can teach him how to do all those tricks. That's not, that's not what I'm here for. And I didn't really get out of it what I needed. So I was like, I have to look for a very specialized training for him. Right. So. Human um, active redefined. It's a whole long journey before I get to you. <laughs> Oh my God. Tell us more. Okay. So you did the group class and then what else did you do training wise? And then I I was looking online for like a specialized training, but I didn't even know what I was supposed to be looking for. I'm like, he does this and this and this. And then I finally, I learned the term reactive and I joined the Facebook group. Am I allowed to say the Facebook group name? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. They're, they're so my tribe. It is called, (laughs) oh my God, I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. Uh, the Facebook group is called reactive and aggressive dog support group. And I was like, this is for me. (laughs) And I'm telling you the people on there were, they're so nice. They're so informative. It's all like people post, like I'm having a bad day. My dog did this, you know, like my dog bit somebody. And I'm like, God, my dog is not the worst dog in the world. (laughs) Right. Like you got some perspective, right. On like, okay, maybe it could be worse. Right. So I had posted on there once I finally figured out what I needed, like I was using my commute for like dog training podcasts and somebody had suggested yours. Shout out to whoever that person was. I don't even know who you are, but if you're on the group, thank you person. We appreciate <laughs> thank you. you person. <laughs> um, so I added you to like the playlist and I was listening with that with like a bunch of other stuff and I was, and I, I, I just got stuck on yours and I was like, this lady gets me. I was like, she gets me. She gets my dog. I was like, this is this is the training that he needs. He needs this and this and this and this kind of focus. And it took me probably a year (laughs) of listening, like on and off. Like I go through like phases. Um, I'm not a very dedicated, very dedicated to things. (laughs) I go through seasons. (laughs) So I was coming back into it and I was like, you know what, Jeremy? I was like, I finally got like narrowed in that was listening to the podcast at the same time that the, um, that the enrollment opened and we were in money spending mode, which is rare, <laughs> but I was like, just, I was like, I'm, just, I'm enrolling. I was like, Jeremy, I was like, here, listen to this pod. Jeremy's my husband. Listen to this podcast. Um, by the way, I already bought the training. Um, it's, <laughs> this is a financial decision. We probably should have like, we you know, invested, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, we should have made this financial decision together, but I already did it. I'm sorry. Um, and he listened and he was like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> God, I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So let's talk about some of like the early training plans that I gave you. Cause I know that we've kind of evolved and expanded. So, Mm -hmm. um, your major goals for reactive redefined were kind of troubleshooting some of the overexcited greetings to people, right. And to dogs, right. Both. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So can you give the listeners just a little bit more perspective, like what those behaviors kind of looked like before we started tweaking what you were doing? Yeah, definitely. So inside the house, everything is awesome, but like super awesome. Like this person's here. They're here to see me. This is what's happening. And he would want to wear their skin and jump all over them and jump to specifically kiss them on the mouth. Like he wants to make out with everybody and he's 50 pounds. Like that's not fun. No, and I, I am not great on keeping up with his trip with his nail trims. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Like you don't want to sacrifice people, right? Like his nails are long and he's going to launch himself at your face. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to launch himself at your face. Exactly. Nails it on that. <laughs> so, and it's that like burst of energy when he sees a person, but when he's on a leash, that burst of energy changes because he knows I'm not going to be able to get to that person. They are so far away and I'm trying to gather all this information from them while they're so far away. And he would just start reacting before the person even got, got near to us and start barking, lunging. Um, like I would have to cross the street. I would walk him at like six o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night. Like I would walk him through cat, what we call cat jungle. Cause like, forget about people. Like I'm not subjecting anybody to that. I was so embarrassed and now we don't have to go through cat jungle it's wonderful okay so I think that this is really relevant because we had two different training plans depending on how he was feeling right like his excitement was shifting into like skeptical and overly excited so we had two Mm -hmm. different game plans for that right like we'll have two different game plans (laughs) right okay so let's talk about the people coming over game plan because I think it's one of those that it sounds really simple when you say it (laughs) but we just hadn't thought about doing it that way before so the people coming over game plan initially is um how we've kind of like brought him from a nine to a seven is he wants to put people's hands in there in his mouth um and that happens no matter what but that was but he would do it so like not hard it doesn't but he's going to like hold your hand not grab your hand but if he gets excited like it hurts sometimes um so we trained him to get a bone or a toy when somebody comes over and like before we would just like have it ready to shove it in his mouth (laughs) and it works and for some reason it makes him jump less it makes him he doesn't try to he's communicating and he's saying hey I want to play with you I want to I want to do this but so what we changed our training plan was to every time we come home go get a toy so that it's not something that I have to do now he's going to do it for himself Yes. Right. And we, we've given more context. Someone comes in the door and you're excited, grab a toy and let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think like we never, the goal was never to suppress his enthusiasm. Like that's beautiful. We want him to love people. We just had to give him an appropriate, well, a more desirable outlet on the human end <laughs> for dealing with that excitement. Right. And like, um, give listeners just a little bit more perspective. Cause I think it's relevant. Like he already really loves toys, right? Like he yeah. already go get a, uh, the toy on cue. So it wasn't like we had to really train anything new. We were just using it in a new way. Yeah. So he, he knows go get a toy. It was, we just kind of, when we were like, if he wants our attention instead, we just don't really like to play with him without a toy because he's mouthy and it's not, I just don't want to encourage that kind of mouthiness. So if he's getting excited, like, oh, go get a toy. And so he'll go get it. And then it's his, he communicates very well when he has a toy in his mouth. 
So we kind of just used all of that and it just happened. I don't know if either of us really like thought it was going to go that way, <laughs> but it just kind of happened on its own. And then I don't know if like, you know, if the phone listens or what, but my uh, sister-in-law had sent me, a, it was a TikTok or something about another dog named Toby that wants to grab you by the hand when you get inside and bring you to the couch. And they trained their dog to when every time they get home, it grabs a pillow. Oh my and I was God. like, I'm not, I don't have Neely Toby with this problem. <laughs> isn't it nice? You're like, okay, cool. This isn't just us. This is yeah, the same us. solution. I thought I was a genius with my solution, but apparently I'm not. <laughs> okay. But that's, it's functional, right? Like it's working yeah. in real time. Like you need it mm-hmm. to. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about the reactivity to people on walks. Cause we had a very different game plan for that. So can you yes. kind of share with the listeners? So before your, your, before your game plan was just totally avoidance, you're like, nope, we're not going to do yeah. it. Right. Okay. And then I was like, okay, so like create space, but maybe let's not avoid completely. And let's try right. doing a couple of things. Right. So, um, do you remember what my first advice to you was about that? Um, the yes, the, the look at that game. Yep. Yeah. The look at that game. And that worked. I, I didn't think it was going to come catch on so fast, but my dog really loves food. <laughs> and uh, we were struggling when we first got, when we were first doing that, because my husband was very skeptical and he's like, I don't know, this seems, this seems sus. Like, are you sure this is like how this works? So I was like, just research, like you're the research can go research it. And he kind of, he started, he gets it now. Um, and he saw it and he saw that it was starting to work. And I was like, it's that he comes back to you. It's not you know, there's a lot of it, but you know, when he starts to come back to you and he sees something that he doesn't like, he associated with, okay, mom's going to give me a treat. That's great. Well, and I feel like we, we gave him a very specific task to do to cope with that instead of him just figuring it out on his own. Yeah. Yeah. So did the look at that work like quickly? Yeah, it worked very quickly from a distance, but yeah, Toby's yeah. problem is that when he well, he's got a couple of problems, but <laughs> his, his tick, one of his ticks is that when he gets overly excited or overly nervous, he doesn't accept food. So I could kind of tell when he was approaching, like, I can't do this anymore by, he would take the, he would accept the treat, but he'd just spit it out. He's like, okay, thanks. I'm busy. Can't talk right now. Okay, so that made it super easy to understand the distance threshold that you needed to be successful, right? Because he went from yes. taking treats to spitting them out. Mm-hmm. So he eventually, we also realized chicken. So we, you know, those little like milk bone treats like only do so much. Um, so then once we kind of like upped the game, up to the threshold with our, like what kind of treats we were giving, something that's a higher reward, he was more interested and to say like, huh, wait a second, like, I could be close to that thing. I got chicken involved. Like, we're good here. <laughs> right, right. Like, we just, we changed the incentive, right? Yeah. Like, we helped him realize, like, we're going to give you space. We're not going to put you too close. But mm-hmm. also, there's chicken. And he's like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get behind that, right? Like, we can negotiate. We can negotiate. <laughs> Well, I remember one of the early group calls, you're like, so I remembered why we take chicken 
because I didn't have any and I was out. And it's like, it, you know, it happens to all of us where we're like, we have the best intentions. We still got to get the dog off. We don't have the high value treats and it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I made somebody pee their pants that day. <laughs> right? Like, oops, sorry, he barked and lunged at you. Oh my God. Okay. So what was, what was his distance threshold before you started implementing the look at that? And what is it now? I'm not very good with distance in terms of feet, but probably like across the street is like 40, 50 feet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So across the street, we couldn't like pass another dog. We could try, but it wouldn't go over well. Now we can get past another dog without barking. He's looking, he's looking (laughs) as long as the other dog's not reacting. But before couldn't even do that without him reacting. We could make it pass, but you know, I wouldn't, I, it wasn't, it wasn't wildly fun. enjoyable for anyone, right? No. Like, oh, okay, well, we made it pass, but. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody walking towards us on the sidewalk, probably about the same distance. So probably like 50-ish feet, um, probably maybe more um, if he saw like another person or another dog coming towards us, maybe like 50 to 80 feet. He would be like, he's already like standing up like, Mm-mm, not today. <laughs> This is my but you can see it in his body mind. language, right? Like he perks up and you can see him like the fuck yeah. you tail wag, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> don't come closer. No, he, he, he claimed the sidewalk from very far away. Um, and I would just avoid it, you know, like, and I, in U-turn, I learned like way early on in my training, like before reactive redefine U-turn was my best friend, <laughs> And it still is, but I don't have to use it as much. Yes, right. Okay, so now you've been able to really close that threshold. Obviously, there's a lot of variables, right? Like the other yeah. dog's reaction, what the person is doing. But yeah. you can more successfully like navigate like passing people and dogs than you could before. Absolutely. And one thing that I would definitely attribute to this course and versus like, even if I had like the look at that and everything like that is I can decide what day to do that on. Like if he's in a horrible mood, Toby's really never in a horrible mood, but if he's in like a very alert state where like he's tracked something early on on our walk or he it's, you know, he had super dark out, maybe like the light, the lamps are out in the street or something like that. And he's like on high alert the whole time. I won't do it. But if it's a gorgeous sunshine day and he just doesn't have a care in the world, that tail's going the whole way, his mouth is open. I'm like, we don't even need chicken today. Let's go, Toby. (laughs) Right. And I think that sometimes those subtle details are hard not to recognize, but like, unless a professional is telling you like on those days, just don't do it. You feel like, well, I should, we should get through it. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Like he should still be able to do it, but eventually by actually giving him the days to like be alert and not pushing it too far, you really are still getting to the end result of like, he can keep it together more and more than he could before. Right. And you know, I love empowering people to be like, not today. today. (laughs) Right. Like, and okay. So let's talk a little bit about his body language. Cause I know that you understood his body language, but do you feel like through reactive redefined, you've been able to understand maybe some more subtle cues, maybe like what they mean and what you should do when you notice them? Um, Yeah. So I definitely use them more as like a marker. So I, you know, like through our training, I, you know, I've been trained also (laughs) to understand like 
when he, the second, I can now tell like in more detail, like the second he locks in on something like before I could just tell like, oh, he's in a bad mood because somebody's within an 80 foot radius, <laughs> you know, like most dog owners can tell that. Um, but, you know, I'm able to really get it down to like a, like a really detailed point where I, you know, it's the, and, and it's the look at that game that actually trained me to do that, where he's, you know, he's scanning, he's scanning and he's there. Okay. So treat. Oh yes. Okay. So locks in. Yes. Treat locks in. Yes. Treat. And then I'm really able to tell then, um, even if he, and I can tell now if he sees something that I don't see before then I would have to see something and, and know that to know that like, what's, what's going on. Right. So like now we're on walks and I'm like, I don't know what you're looking at, bud, but I see that you're looking at it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at. I don't think there's anything there. I think you're making it up, but yes. <laughs> Oh my God. Right. Well, and it's like, we have to remind ourselves, like we just aren't even privy to like half of the world that he perceives. Right. Like, I mean, even if he's not visually seeing something, the smell, we just don't even know. Right. But we can yeah. trust that he's smelling something, right. Like he for sure knows something is happening. Okay. So you've been implementing the look at that. Do you feel like now he's having an easier time maybe disengaging from the thing, even if you don't mark right away for him looking, like, is he able to yeah. see it and then kind of be like, yo mom, you see this? <laughs> yeah. Um, it depends on like what it is. Um, a lot of stuff I still have to cue him, but you know, my husband walks behind us cause Toby's gotta be in front. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> so my husband will walk behind us and like, sometimes during our walk, Jeremy will be like, Hey, he's looking at you, like, give him a treat. And I'll just be like my own world. Like, oh, okay. Like he's looking at me. I don't know what you're looking at me for over here. Here's some treats. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So, um, in addition to the look at that, we also focused on several other skills, right? Several other skill sets. Um, mm-hmm. are any of those like one particular skill sets that we worked on together? Do you feel like you're getting a lot of use out of those? Oh, the go say hi. The go say hi is amazing, which I've never, I've never heard of. I don't know if you made that up. If, did you make no, up? No, I can't take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the go say hi is something that we implemented um, further on into our training. And it is basically teaching Toby to manage his big feelings at an initial reaction. So when somebody first comes in the house, okay, we'll, we kind of, that was really part of our training plan. Go say hi was really supposed to be for outsides for dog greetings. Um, so that he can learn to greet dogs properly and not everything is, Oh my God, a dog. <laughs> the go say hi was supposed to be so he could say, Oh, a dog. Let me go say hi. Okay. Go back to mom. Oh, a dog. Let me go say hi. Go back to mom and kind of shorten up that interaction so that he's not bombarding a dog that maybe isn't ready for it. Well, and it's important because he likes dogs. I didn't want to take dogs off the table. Totally not the point. He is social. Let's do that. But let's work through a way to like, you know, come in a little bit warmer instead of super hot. Yeah. And I'm hoping later down the line that that helps with, or maybe it already has, who knows, like on walks so that he's not associating with dogs with this giant burst of energy. And that helps me manage him more on walks. Right. Well, and I think we just make it more clear from his perspective. Like if I haven't said, go say hi, we aren't, we aren't going up there. (laughs) Right. Like helping him understand the difference between we are, and we aren't going to say hi, because I think by building that clarity, I think we, we decrease a lot of his overall frustration. Right. Cause he's just like, Oh, I'm walking with my mom and getting cookies. We're not going to say hi right now. Right. So 
Um, at some point, I don't know what, at what point after we had learned that skill, we started implementing it when people were, came over. So he now will automatically get his toy. He'll try, sometimes he just like, he can't. And I'm just like, Hey, Hey, like, don't forget. You still have to go get your toy. And he'll like search all over the house for them. Sometimes we have no where they really are, but so he'll finally get his toy. He'll go say hi. And then I have to cue him. I still have to cue him to go back to his bed. But after like the first two ping pongs, <laughs> go say hi and go back to the bed, he'll, you know, like eventually I'll tell him go say hi. And then he'll just like go like muzzle punch them <laughs> and then go and then go back to his place. So. <laughs> like we, we just gave him a coping mechanism to deal with like the surge of energy. Right. And like literally help him move through it. Right. Because I feel like were you initially trying to have him stay on his bed as people came in? And I was trying. Wildly it, was successful. Such an, it was such an epic fail. I was trying to get him to lay in his bed. That's all the YouTubes told me to do. They told me when somebody comes over, you can find your dog on their bed. And then when they calm down, you can let them go. But Toby is so vocal that it was like, it was impossible. Like people would come over and be like, what do I do? Like your dog is barking. Like, I'm like, just go in the kitchen. I'll figure this out. I don't really know. <laughs> Well, and it's like, I feel like because we've tweaked the plan, I feel like it is a realistic goal that in the future, he maybe could maintain staying on the bed, but it was just way too much criteria for him initially, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it wasn't, not it wasn't myself. Right, and then it sucks because you're like, well, this is a fail. Like, what are we supposed yeah. to do about this? And then like, he wasn't calming down. And then eventually it's like, so that I would like have to preemptively release him because he was going to release himself anyway and I don't want him to release himself without a cue and then he just go tackle the person anyway <laughs> right it was just creating more buildup so that the greeting was even just more explosive than it would have been otherwise right like it was just making yeah. it worse yeah it was very frustrating well and that's what I love so much about like getting to know you and Toby and like the specifics of him is like if that's an unrealistic goal for Toby, let's not do something that's ridiculously hard for everyone. Like let's yeah. make the plan so it can be easier for him and Definitely. for you ultimately. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, um, the group calls, how do you, how do you feel about the group calls? So I was explaining the group calls to my mom. This is like, maybe like the second one, maybe the second or third one. I don't even know how many we've had so far. Um, and she was like, this sounds like group therapy. <laughs> I was like, you know, it kind of is. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's, and everybody is very honest. Like when we have our, you know, like our wins and challenges, sometimes the challenge is just that I made no time for my dog this week. And my challenge is making time for my dog. My challenge is that I didn't put in the work and everybody else is like, I didn't put in the work either. Not everybody, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> There's a couple, there's always a couple of the people who are going through the same thing. Like I didn't, I had, nope, I didn't, I sucked to this week too. That's okay. And it's, and it is okay. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Dude, life is just like that sometimes, right? Like, and you know, I think other people like validating for you that like life gets busy and it's okay to like, you know, have seven days where the dog wasn't priority number one. Like that's okay. That's just life sometimes. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was incredibly validating for me and, um, you know, just going through and like, (laughs) I can talk about my dog for way too long. And it was very nice to be with other dog people who also can't shut up about their dogs. And it's like, me too. You actually care what I'm saying. (laughs) 
Oh my God. Right. Well, it's like, you know, a group of people who totally get that, like you, you like passed a person really closely and like normal people would not have any capacity to understand like why that is even relevant. But like the group is like, Oh, hells yes. Team Toby. Right. Like, you know, I think people just understanding like those small wins, because I think sometimes when you don't have that support, I feel like we don't make time to celebrate the small wins always, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't spend enough time being like, fuck yes, we did this today. And that was a win. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, that's what I love so much about the group calls is because I give you no choice. <laughs> like you have to tell me <laughs> what went well, what was a win? Come on, tell us, you yeah. know? And then, but also holding the space of like, I understand that not everything is a win, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of challenges too. So it, it's really fun in the group calls to be able to hold space for the wins, but also be real about like, okay, this is challenging. What are we going to do about it? Right. And how are we going to move forward? <laughs> oh my God. Right. Right. And I, you know, I always try and leave everyone with a tangible game plan, like mm-hmm. try this and let's see. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. I was, um, before we really got into the course, I was very, uh, I was kind of like skeptical of the group calls. I was like, so what am I going to get about this? I was like, I didn't want to do a group class. I stopped group classes. I'm like, what, what's the point of these group calls? And now I'm like, the group calls are great. They're my therapy. (laughs) Right. Like, and I think that reactive redefined is really kind of outside of like the traditional, like services of dog training. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's much different than like, you know, quote unquote, traditional dog training. And I think that that's, what's so appealing about it. Right. Is that it isn't just the like, you know, old school model of like, we're all going to do this. We're all going to do mm-hmm. this. It's just very adaptive and warm and it's, yeah. it's such a beautiful sense of community. Right. Yeah. And everybody has their own training plan, which I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. All I knew was like, this lady gets my dog. Um, she lives in the real world and I think I can make progress, <laughs> any progress. I'll take any progress. Oh my God. And look at you now, right? Like we're not even all the way through the course together and you've made huge strides. Yeah. Walking past people on the sidewalk once a month, maybe. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Oh my God. Okay. So Carolyn, for the reactive dog guardian that's listening and maybe they're on the fence about joining reactive redefined, what would you say to them? You will learn your dog. <laughs> you know, I, I was saying earlier on the call how I am like really able to like tune into like his mood. And, and I think that's really what I got out of this most is like really understanding where he's at. Like I have really shitty days. I forgot my dog has shitty days. <laughs> so it's it's taking like a whole perspective of where is my dog at? What am I, what should I be doing with where he is right now? You know, like sunshine day, we're walking past people. We are, we're bringing chicken. We're doing everything. If it's like crappy out and well, we do like crappy weather. We won't go there, but if he's, you know, if there's like so much going on and he can't handle it, I'm okay with that. And it's be, I think it's also like being okay with knowing that there's going to be a different day. Right. And like, you're not a failure because of that. Right. Like we're all allowed to have emotional days, right. We're all allowed to have good days and bad days. And like, Mm -hmm. I think just having the ability to understand that, like, it's not your fault. It's not Toby's fault, but we're just going to 
make things easier today, right? Like today is not the day we're going to push criteria. Um, And I think, you know, it's nice to have permission to do that, right? You'll learn your dog is not a G-man. Yes. (laughs) They're spicy, but they're not yeah, no, before the, before this course, I was like, oh my God, my dog, my dog's just a demon and it is what it is. I love him, but he's my demon. And well, we just figure it out as we go. And, um, I cry over his training a lot less. <laughs> I'm so freaking glad. I'm so freaking glad. Okay. So if, um, listeners wanted to connect with you and see Toby's adorable face, can you tell them your Instagram handle? Yes. Uh, my Instagram handle, I think is very boring. <laughs> I think my, my Instagram handle is just Carolyn Brazier. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, but more importantly, Toby's Instagram handle is Toby with two toes, uh, the number two. And it's because he has an extra toe. Bless him. Bless him so much. <laughs> Carolyn, thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. Thank you for giving us all of your tools and all of your knowledge. I love and all the support, obviously. <laughs> so I know that CBD is very popular right now, but did you know that there are other cannabinoid profiles that we can use for not only ourselves, but our, our dogs as well? Vetsias has a new product out that is not only CBD, but it also uses CBG and CBN to act together to bring pretty strong results to the dogs. The new combination of the CBG, CBD, and CBN is really good for dogs with significant anxiety, excessive inflammation, or dysfunction of the neurologic system. I have been using the new profiles for Tiva. Many of you know my 14-year-old dog Tiva, and I've seen some really awesome changes in her mobility since starting the CBD, CBG, CBN combination. So if you're interested in trying any CBD products or checking out the new profile, check out vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.